Hello, it's Omid. Just with a very quick disclaimer before the show begins this week. As you know, we're in slightly unprecedented times at the moment,、uh, recording this show in lockdown as we have been for the past several weeks. Unfortunately, had a slight technical hitch this week. My microphone did not register, and so there will be some sound issues throughout this episode. But I hope that doesn't take away from your enjoyment because there is a lot of royal news to get through. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AirPod. After a slight break during lockdown,、um, I've been quite busy finishing something off. I'm going to get into that a little later in the show. But before we move forward, I'm joined by the lovely Maggie Rooley,、uh, the pioneer. Technology joined for what? What is this? Our seventh week now. Seventh week. Gosh, can、lockdown. you believe it? Seven weeks in lockdown. At least we're all in it together. I did miss you the last couple of weeks. I know it's been not the same without being able to chew the fat and get through all of the latest royal news every week.、Uh, it's just been through that much more this week. But you've been busy. <laughs> yes, if you haven't seen the news today,、uh, I announced a book,、uh, "Finding Freedom." It Yay, is the biography.、Snap. Thank you of the biography <laughs> of Harry and Meghan, and、uh, it's published by Harper Collins. It's out August eleventh. Uh, it's been a long time in the making, <laughs> as you probably have guessed. The last few weeks have been quite、uh, a challenge getting it all finished in time、uh, for the deadline. But very excited to finally have it out there. It feels nice to actually be able to talk about it after sort of quietly beavering away on this for such a long time. Yeah, I know how hard you've been working because we've been talking about this for a while now. But you've been working on this even longer than I've been living in London. I mean, how long have you been、uh, on this book for? Oh gosh, this project started about two years ago, and to say there have been twists and turns is, of course, an understatement.、Um, you know, these are things that no one expected. I don't even think Harry and Meghan, you know, who sort of by their own account struggled with the realities of the situations that they were in, expected things to sort of turn out the way they did. And this book really follows that journey that they've been on. And It's you know、I've, you've seen me sort of be on all the engagements and around them as much as possible, and obviously we have spoken with so many people in their lives who have been in their lives who work with them. It's really no stone has been left unturned, and you know I've been able to sort of watch this couple remain faithful, I guess, to their own beliefs, stand strong in the face of adversities. We've seen them all play out very publicly. In the press, and I would like to think that this tells the definitive version of their life together, away from all the noise of the headlines and mistruths. So I'm very excited、uh, when people finally get to be able to read this in August later this year. You know, as much as their story has sort of taken place behind the palace walls, I do feel like their journey, the journey that they've been on to create a life of purpose and freedom, is something that we can all relate to. I mean, I know I speak for. Literally everyone listening right now. When I say I am so excited, Omid, I've been tell- telling you that I want to read this book for months. So the fact that it's actually been announced and we can talk about a date and all the things that are inside of it—I mean, it's just—it's really exciting. And like you said, I think people have this idea of, of what's happened, but、um, to really learn and, and read about sort of all the ins and outs, and、um, also to be reminded of things—you know—we were just reminiscing a bit the fact that、uh, it's coming up on、um, two years since they just got married and. It seems like it's been five years, ten years. I mean, so much has happened. A lot has happened. 
Yeah, a lot has happened. I think it'll just be a fun reminder of all the things that have happened. You know, you kind of forget sometimes. So it'll be a trip down memory lane with a few, you know, new news nuggets thrown in there, which I think everyone will be really excited to learn about. You know, it has been a busy week, I think, for or the past few weeks have been really busy for Royals. And I've been itching to catch up with you because although, uh, the, you know, all the all members of the Royal Family are currently under lockdown like you and I, they have been keeping really busy. Yeah, they have Zoom. Been. Whoever invented <laughs> Zoom definitely should get a knighthood when this is all over. <laughs> They're definitely getting a lot of publicity. <laughs> definitely. And, you know, it's been really great to see the Cambridges jumping into action in the middle of all of this. You know, we have seen them uh, virtually open field hospitals, visiting an NHS emergency call centre right at the start of this. Uh, they were video caring, video calling caretakers. Uh, William and Kate uh, recently spearheaded a new mental health initiative called Our Frontline in the UK, which provides emotional support and resources for the frontline workers here in the UK, helping combat this global pandemic. And I think it's been great to see the visibility of the work that they're doing. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the time uh, we hear about some of the work that goes on behind the scenes with members of the royal family through the court circular, uh, which releases all the details of the official work every day. But a lot of that doesn't happen in front of us. And I think because it's now happening via computer screens, uh, the palace has definitely been a little bit more open in what we actually get to see. Yeah, you know, I think when this lockdown first started, we had chatted and we were curious, what are the royals going to do? They're so known for those in-person, out-front, very highly hyper-controlled events. I know you've been living this life for years, so you know how you're, you just get a fixed position. You get that sometimes it feels like a square foot position that you have to stand in the entire time. Uh, and now, you know, in a weird way, you're almost giving more freedom to really watch the process and the fact that the royals have have taken this on their own and said we're not going to let a lockdown stop us from doing the kind of work that we need to do and then also letting the media kind of approach it in a different way it's been just fascinating and i know we've been talking about this for weeks now but to see the fact that they're still doing this after seven weeks it doesn't seem like they're slowing down it almost seems like they're getting more comfortable with it and doing more and more of these events and interviews and activities mm -hmm. it's been a really interesting progression i don't know if you remember at the beginning of all of this I probably shared with you that I was slightly concerned that it maybe suddenly get very quiet on the front of the royals yeah. because we're so used to seeing them out and about. And although, look, you know, video calling and video conferencing has actually been around for a long time. You know, it's nothing new. But I think it's only really come into such an important play in the last seven weeks of the world as we continue to try and do our jobs and keep things moving forward. I mean, I've seen you do so much of your work uh, through GMA and ABC News through the power of your phone or your computer screen. And, and that's something that the rules have really taken advantage for. And it's also been able to keep them pushing awareness on things that matter. You know, this week is the start of Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week. And we saw Kate speaking with a group of midwives and uh, people from the midwifery office in England, uh, where the Kensington Palace re released a really interesting st statistic saying that typically more than one in 10 women in the country experience mental illness during pregnancy or in the first postnatal year, and around seven in 102 will hide or underplay the severity of their illness. And Kate, as we know, is a, a real advocate on the importance of early childhood development and the role that parents play in that as well. And, you know, 
you really have covered this a lot on Good Morning America, but it's something that Kate has continued to stick with. She's really sort of found her way with this. And it's, it's been great to see her continue that work behind the scenes. Yeah, I agree. And it seems like more and more she's really been embracing this. You know, she launched the initiative with five questions earlier this year. And and then to see her coming into May like this, I I was curious how they were going to handle it. May is Mental Health Awareness Month this week, like you mentioned, specifically uh, for moms and for maternity and not just for Kate, but for all the royals. Mental health has been um, such a, a... a movement that they've latched onto and something that's really, really important for them. They, they chair up so many charities around mental health. So, you know, coming into a month where they're in lockdown, but they're dealing with these issues that are so important to them, I was curious how they were going to approach it. Are they going to dive in? Are they going to be upset mm. because they can't be doing the type of work that they want to do? So this was a great example. It was great to see her really own this, even while she's in lockdown. This is something that she clearly uh, finds very, she's very passionate about it. Uh, she wants to make a difference in this area. So seeing her not only doing the work, but also doing it in a way that seemed very authentic and passionate. Like you said, talking to new moms, people that uh, she can relate to. They've all had that same shared experience of birth and of being a mom to to, to young children. I think it was really impactful. And it was good, again, to see Kate sort of in this new light. I think it was another example of uh, her really coming into her own. It seems like, especially these past few months even, uh, we're seeing glimpses of her really being herself it seems like and it's been good to see absolutely you know i think we uh, we see one side of kate on public engagements and kate i think has always been quite reserved in the way she presents herself and to see her in her own home of course she's doing all of this from anna hall in norfolk which is a countryside home uh seeing that sort of more laid back side of her has been really enjoyable you know you talk about talking to new mums uh, that i loved that video clip she was talking to a new mom rebecca adward and her uh, husband john gill who had just given birth i think 16 hours earlier before the call to their baby son little max and kate Uh, came in on the call and it was just a very sweet moment from one uh, new mom to a mom of three children and uh, Kate was very caring in the way that she spoke uh, really asking about how she's doing and uh, I think she really sympathized with the with the with the new mother saying that she must have been really exhausted. Yeah. You bring up a good point that I didn't, you know, we've talked about it and and it hasn't really hit home for me until just now that they are doing all of this really on their own, which, you know, when you grow up as royalty, you're used to having a staff, right? You're used to having a communication staff there for you that sets up all of these events that Mm -hmm. kind of helps you with all of these things. So it's, is Kate really doing all of this on her own right now? I mean, obviously she has William and the, the kids, but uh, who's helping her right now? Who's helping the family? Do you know? Well, it's them. They are helping yeah, themselves. Wow. And it's really interesting because I'm so used to being on royal engagements and there's always a private secretary there who's very quick to whisper in one of the principal's ears who they're about to be speaking to or sort of just prepare each moment. And you've been on royal engagements, you know how orchestrated they are. And so there's something actually really refreshing about the sort of organic nature of these Zoom calls and that they sort of don't run to an exact time frame. You know, sometimes royal engagements are planned down to the very second. I think in this case, when we saw uh, the Kate speaking to the midwives about how coronavirus has changed the experience for expectant mums recently, uh, the conversation went on for as long as it needed to go on. And I think there's something really nice about that. And I hope that when this is all over, we keep some of that informality 
on rural engagements moving forward, because I'm really enjoying seeing this side of both the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, and I hope that it continues. Yeah, you know, you're right. Maybe that's why I just said and kept noticing that it seems like we're seeing this very authentic, almost more raw side to both of them right now. But especially, I think it drove home for me this week with Kate speaking to those other young moms, speaking about a subject she's so passionate about. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's because they really are doing it on their own. There's no time constraints. There's no added pressure of uh, the press or the press secretary being right there. It's a much more intimate moment. Absolutely. We also got a little insight into Charlotte's world last week for her fifth birthday. Hooray! Yay! (laughs) Happy birthday! (laughs) You got there in the end. (laughs) Uh, The couple shared four new pictures of Charlotte, which had some meaning. Usually we're used to seeing sort of very cute portraits of the royal children. This year they did things a little differently. Charlotte was photographed helping pack up and deliver food packages for isolated pensioners in the local Norfolk area where they live and across the Sandringham Sandringham estate. And I thought this was a really sweet way to involve the children. Uh, You loved this. um, And do you want to explain why? (laughs) Full disclosure. Oma and I had a little debrief before we hopped on this podcast. And I was like... Oh man, if there's one thing we talk about this week, it needs to be the pasta. We have to talk about the pasta. <laughs> I don't know why, but so the story is that the whole family came together, they made pasta together, and then little Charlotte, you know, helped deliver the handmade pasta by the future king and queen and her family to all of these local pensioners. And for me, it's just the thought of all of them. This is this is like my life in a sitcom, but I just imagined like, you know, all five of them with flour on their faces and they're like joking around and music playing and they're rolling out the pasta together. Now, is this what really happened? I have no idea. But in my mind, this is the scene that I'm painting. And for me, it just like really makes me happy during lockdown to imagine you know, William and Kate and the three little ones just rolling pasta. It's so good. You know, well, it's, it's known that they have a long-term housekeeper that lives with them, Antonella Frezzoloni. And I don't know if she's with them currently at Anne Hall or if she's in her own uh, lockdown situation. I, that's something that the palace wouldn't brief about. But of course, it's uh, Kate has spoken over the years about learning uh, some amazing Italian recipes uh, through Antonella. And this is obviously something that has now gone across the whole family. And I must admit, it went straight over my head until I zoomed in to see what was actually in the bag and noticed there's no labelling on it. Um, so I t- did a bit of digging and when they said it was made by the Cambridges at first, at first I must admit I struggled to believe it because it's just too <laughs> it's too perfect <laughs> it's hard to have I that. will say the, the pasta looks a little perfect in those plastic bags, I've tried making pasta and it's never once turned out to look that good <laughs> <laughs> but I would say if you have the best and Antonella sounds like the best uh, it doesn't surprise me that this is what they did and I thought it was just a really sweet gesture. Uh, thousands of meals and food packages have actually been made on the Sandringham estate. Uh, of course, there's a lot that goes on in the estate beyond just Sandringham House, which is uh, the Queen's residence uh, during uh, Christmas, and uh, where Anne Mahal is, where William and Kate's countryside home. A lot more goes on the estate. Uh, fruit uh, and vegetable and produce is grown there. If we look back to Harry and Meghan's wedding uh, that we just spoke about at the beginning of the show, uh, it was the elderflower uh, syrup uh, that came from the central oh, wow. state so so the, uh, so of course there's a lot of food that's actually in production or sort of t- being turned around there and i think to keep that going throughout this lockdown put it to really great use there's a 
high number of pensioners living in the area. So to actually uh, cater to them and really help them out. And apparently uh, Charlotte helped uh, pack up and also joined in the van, I think, that did the deliveries. Um, And the Cambridges were with them. Uh, They went out on a number of occasions and sort of wazed and did some sort of safe distancing check-ins with some of the, the elders living in the area. I thought that was really sweet. That is so sweet. I'm sure it made their days, you know, just to get away from anyone, let alone William and Kate. And also great for Charlotte to learn at such a young age the concept of giving back and helping others. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people with quarantine birthdays, so we'll just give her another shout out because it can be tough. You're by yourself, but it sounds like the family really came together uh, to make sure she felt special. Definitely. This was really soon after Louis's birthday as well. Yeah, they we had two quarantine really sweet... babies, you're right. Yeah, we saw those really cute pictures of Louis hand-painting uh, with the little <laughs> rainbow pictures. And ch- I think people don't know the backstory with that, and I'm sure many do now, but across the country in the UK, children have been drawing rainbow pictures and multicoloured pictures and sticking them in the windows of their homes to show support for the NHS here in, in the country, the National Health Service. And so Louis had done this hand painting. Uh, there was this great outtake that Kensington Palace shared the day after the birthday uh, that had a little Louis rubbing the paint all over his face. So when you talk about that flower mess and chaos in the kitchen, I'm sure that was probably That's very true. accurate. <laughs> yeah, that was another good moment. They're really showing sort of this realness, I think, right now. And I think any parent who has little kids can probably relate to uh, seeing little Louis with paint all over his face. And I also love that Instagram post because they actually use the words Instagram first reality, which I feel like I had never seen in a royal post before. So to see them post that also just reminded me of things that, you know, my family and friends post as well. So it was just <laughs> such a relatable moment. I would actually, now that you pointed out, I would like to think that that was a royal first, the first <laughs> a meme royal first. <laughs> shared on, on social media, the first meme. I, I love that. I'm here I for think it. it might be. <laughs> uh, well, another content child across the pond would be little Archie, uh, who has found the perfect man to read storybooks to him, his father, Prince Harry, (laughs) because we've discovered this incredible talent that the Duke of Sussex has this week uh, when it was announced or revealed that he had read a very special uh, story from Thomas the Tank Engine to celebrate his 75th birthday. Another birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, I was kind of into Thomas the Tank Engine Engine as a kid. Uh, You were into it? Is this an American thing? Oh, you didn't know Thomas the Tank Engine? No, I love Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, you loved it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, I watched the cartoons growing up. Oh, great. Well, exactly. That's what I remember. Uh, Thomas was a legend. So was the Fat Controller. (laughs) I'm really here for this. Uh, But this was a special episode because it provided, uh, had a special introduction uh, from Harry to the new episode that featured his granny, uh, the Queen, and Prince Charles as a young boy. Uh, You were saying this felt more like a a royal moment uh, than sort of uh, Sussex 2.0 that we're sort of entering now. It did. I just the whole concept of it. It was his big 75th anniversary. The fact that you know the cartoon is going to feature him and his dad and his grandma, aka the Queen, and then even the setup of it. I loved it. He, he's sitting on this plaid chair and he has the books next to him. It all feels very you know mahogany and leather bound book. And he's reading it and it's kind of jovial and fun. And he he seems very royal as he does it. It just struck me as this moment where I was like, oh. It still feels very much like the whole royal family's together in this, together reading this children's book. 
maybe I'm reading way too much into it, but I also had this hopeful moment where I was like, oh, maybe this is a thing where, you know, if it's something that's important, like children and a fun anniversary that we kind of all can come back together again and, and remember <laughs> these times. And of course, with anything royal, uh, particularly when it comes to engagements or big projects like this, the conversations usually start six months or so before it even happens. So this would have been well during the time that Harry was a busy uh, senior working royal. Uh, I believe that a, a large donation was made um, by the company behind uh, Thomas Tank Engine that now has gone to Harry's Travelist uh, to Sustainable Tourism Initiative, which of course will be coming into action later this year as hopefully the world begins to sort of uh, restore the way that we used to uh, travel around and, and see countries. And as we start thinking about tourism again, I think we're really going to see a lot from the Travelist uh, in that space. I know a lot of work is going on behind the scenes. But yeah, I really loved this. This was a great engagement. And I think there is uh, some other special appearances. Actress Rosamund Pike voices one of the new characters, a, a new train called the Duchess of Loughborough. Yeah, okay. I love that. <laughs> so yes, you're you're right. It is a very it was a very royal affair, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And I'm excited, like you mentioned, to see some of these new initiatives that are coming out. Travelist, I think you're right, of, of all the things that they're working on right now is so relevant. And I imagine that they're probably pretty busy. At least Harry's very busy right now working on that initiative, trying to get it ready for when you know eventually we can all travel again. Mm, absolutely. The Sussexes have generally been very quiet behind the scenes. They're really focused on the work. But of course, their names do pop up in the news. Uh, very recently, May 1st, uh, we heard that uh, the Duchess's legal team had lost the first stage of her legal battle against the publisher of the Mail on Sunday. As we know, there was a strikeout hearing on Friday, April the 24th, uh, where the Mail on Sunday uh, requested uh, certain elements of the case to be struck out uh, before it goes to a uh, full legal battle. And this is very much, although a lot was made from this in the press, I think what we or many fail to see in this is this is actually standard procedure in any case. I think it's up to a judge to, let's say, trim the fact, if you will, from a case and focus on the core elements. So in this case, where copyright infringement, invasion of privacy and data protection breach claims are being made, Justice uh, Warby's judgment, as a mouthful, uh, he made it very clear that they were to focus on those three things and anything else that had come up uh, in that first strikeout hearing would not be included moving forward. It was uh, made clear by Megan's legal team at Shillings that they would not be uh, appealing against this and sort of we move forward into the next stage and I would imagine this is going to go on for some time uh, no matter what the Sussexes will be doing for their work this will be a story that sort of keeps coming and going um, I'm sure everyone involved is keen to sort of get moving uh, on on this as soon as possible because you know, legal legal cases of this nature can be very uh, exhausting uh, particularly when they play out on such a very public stage. But it has been really nice to see the Sussexes, like the Cambridges, continue with their work behind the scenes. Uh, we had Megan keeping in touch with her patronage with the Smartworks uh, just a few days ago, where she had video called from her new home in Los Angeles to wish one of the clients that had come through the Smartworks system, which is a Smartworks is a charity that helps uh, empower women uh, from disadvantaged backgrounds back into the workplace. And so this was a call that Megan had made 
um, with a young woman before her job interview. And it was a really sweet moment. It was shared directly through SmartWorks. Uh, and Megan spoke about uh, how much of an honour it's been to meet and learn from all the talented women in the SmartWorks network over the years and see the amazing work that they're doing and how also they've adapted their programmes to the pandemic. Because as you know, Maggie, this is something that is very much a face-to-face process. Women go into the SmartWorks, they receive career coaching and interview practice sessions and also styling for that interview as well. And if they are successful in that How interview, difficult to do a, that during this time of social distancing. Exactly. But of course, people still have lives going on. Uh, people are still taking on work. And so I think it's really great for her to have shone a light on just how SmartWorks are moving forward in this time. I also just love the whole interaction between the two of them because in the video you see Megan chatting with this other woman who is, like you said, um, using the SmartWorks program and it just seemed like such a genuine connection between the two and both were thrilled to be there and I loved that the other woman who was clearly so excited to be talking to Megan and I, I just like imagining what she thought when she found out that she was going to get the chance to have a one-on-one conversation uh, with the Duchess and it, it must have just really made her day and so thinking of all of the, the, the scene that was set with this and how important it is to also raise awareness for that charity and that organization through this conversation it's just also impactful and i i get excited for the for the girl in the video when she you know actually gets that chance to talk to megan totally it's been interesting to see the way smartworks and other charities are adapting to this situation as I said, so much of this usually goes on face to face, and now the charity has moved to more of a sort of virtual remote uh, work working model where they're um, uh, doing online career coaching and virtual counseling and they're also sending out packages care packages to women ahead of interviews uh, which still contains those same high quality interview clothes and all the things that we've seen before and so that's really I think it's important for Megan to have really shone a light on that because of course charities like SmartWorks are very much dependent on donations uh, from designers and apparel companies. I'm sure there are a lot of businesses at the moment who aren't selling the same kind of stock that they usually are. And so to be able to funnel that uh, amount of merchandise to places like SmartWorks, and of course they're similar in the US, is something that I think a lot of people or companies are going to be thinking of doing about now. Such a good point you make. Everyone's hurting right now. The economy is hurting, but charities in particular, you know, when people themselves are worried about making rent and buying groceries, it's it's difficult to give to charities. So some of these organizations that really rely on donations must be impacted and must be hurting. And so to have someone like Megan and the rest of the royal family still being their champions during this time must just be so incredibly important. Absolutely. Well, speaking of donations, one man who has taken quite a few coins in his collection pot is the legend uh, Captain Tom Moore. Legend is a perfect way to describe him. (laughs) (laughs) Not only celebrated his 100th birthday recently, which is a milestone in itself, he now raised over $40 million for the National Health Service, simply, I'm sure everyone knows the story, by walking around in his backyard. I will never get bored of watching him walking (laughs) around in his backyard. It's very, very adorable and very honourable what he's done. I think he's not just had such a huge impact on the donation front for the NHS, but I think in terms of uniting a nation, 
in uh, sort of that feeling of hope mm-hmm. that he has given. And we've seen so much support from members of the royal family. Uh, just recently for his 100th birthday, the Queen and Duchess Camilla reached out uh, and wished him a happy birthday. <laughs> we've seen Prince, Prince William making a personal do- donation himself to Captain Tom Moore. And of course, Prince Harry had checked in with him as well, uh, calling him a legend, uh, really singing his praises when he spoke on a podcast recently. Mm. And I think it's just been great that he's had this huge moment in the spotlight and I think inspired many to think about ways in which they can give during this time. So even if you you have no relationship with the royal family and you think, will I ever talk to the queen? Just wait till you're 100 years old, Omid, and then all of a sudden you'll make this huge impact and everyone in the royal family will reach out to you. I also thought he got um, <laughs> promoted to the rank of honorary colonel, approved by the queen yes. as well. Yes, so there hats were, off there to were, Captain Tom. <laughs> there were some celebrations for his birthday. As we saw on the news, there was a RAF fly past over his home, which he was able to watch so from cool. his garden. I actually heard there's an RAF base not far from where I'm staying at the moment, and I heard uh, some of those planes on the day so it was very exciting but yeah I I, it's it's, you know I there are so many stories like this happening Mm -hmm. around the world during this pandemic and I think it's those stories and the ways in which members of the royal family are helping highlight them uh that I think keep us going through all of this that give us hope that warm our hearts when perhaps watching the you know 10 o'clock news or the nighttime news is slightly overwhelming and stressful Mm -hmm. and you know whilst things may be changing and moving forward I think a lot of people have those moments where you do lose hope for a second or you do feel worried about the future Um, but to see that amount of care coming from everyone I'm I'm here for it. Yeah well said Omid. Cheers to Captain Tom. I agree. Gives you a little (laughs) bit of hope right now. (laughs) (laughs) Maggie it's been a pleasure as always. I'm so glad we're back on track. I know, so good to catch up with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. There is, of course, Archie's birthday coming up. There's a rumoured new photo coming from the Sussexes. We'll have to wait and see. Good tease. Way to end with a tease, (laughs) Elmer. I try. I try. Thank you, of course, to everyone that listens to the show and sends in all of the lovely tweets. Uh, you can tweet myself at Scoby or at Maggie Rooley. Just use the hashtag the AirPod and reach out. We love to hear from you, don't we, Maggie? We do, all the time. Always great, Omi. Good to hear from you. Thanks, Maggie. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show this week. And a little bit of patience uh, whilst we took a very short break. It's hard to believe that it's been seven weeks since we did our first lockdown episode of the AirPod. Uh, We'll continue to do so until it's safe to do otherwise. Uh, Thank you again to the guys in New York for making the show happen. Mike Dubusky, Leighton Schneider and Anthony Alley. Until the next episode, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye.